Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Um, we're coming in a little late this week because we realized on Sunday that all we would have to talk about would Game Club, pretty much. So mm-hmm. we postponed the episode for a little bit. We did, yeah. We uh, we looked at the calendar and I said, hey, what if we do this rare thing? Because here's the thing, a little bit, you know, how the sausage is made. Normally when we're recording, we're recording uh, we're recording either Saturday nights or Sunday nights. We would normally pick what day. Um, but that was dictated by both of our work schedules. The only time we could align was uh, evenings, Saturday or Sunday. And um, now with this whole COVID-19 pandemic thing, uh, you know, we, Eddie's off work. I'm on parental leave with my newborn. So it, it opened up our schedules. So I said, well, why don't we just record the day that the uh, the new bridal banner comes out? And you had suggested, well, what about the day after? And I said, you know what? Sounds good. So we're, here we are. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it no- was more a case of I had stuff going on in real life that I couldn't record yesterday. But either way, same difference. <laughs> no, it's true. And here's the thing. I, uh, I'll say this, uh, we will, so this episode will serve as sort of a bridge to the next episode and not in that the content's related, but in the sense that we won't have a new episode on the feed, uh, early next week. We'll be back to our normal schedule if content is normal, uh, starting in end of May, June time, excuse me, um, uh, should be the last day of May, I think. Maybe the first day of June. Yeah, right in time for the uh, legendary mythic. It's mythic hero, right? Yes, it's yeah. mythic. We should have the mythic hero coming out a few days before we record. So There you go. So something to look forward to. But before we go thinking about the future too much, we have to focus on the present because we've got a full show here to talk about stuff and things. Right, Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. So let's go through the banners, and then we'll talk about uh, all the lovely heroes we summoned in the last week and a half. Uh, Going on right now, you have the Weekly Revival Banner 10. The start of it all banner will end on May 20th. That's already ended, so I apologize. Uh, Sorry if you missed that one, folks. Uh, New Power, that one goes until the 22nd tomorrow, so that one most likely will be done, uh, or, you know, depending on when you listen. Robin and Corrin's Battle is done on the 23rd. Dark Burdens is done on the 29th, and then we start to get into June here with the Tempest Trials banner going until the 1st of June, and Bridal Beloveds until the 20th of June. Eddie, uh, that's our slate for banners. How did you do for summoning? Well, um, as you'll find out later, apparently I got the mandatory uh, reward from the new power banner when I got a Sigbert off of my free summon. Uh, but then, of course, I hopped into the um, Bridal Beloved banner, the new Bridal banner, since uh, due to the delay in recording. Um, and I managed to get a Raphael on my first ring, five-star, not even a four-star. So wasn't the free summon, but he was in there. Uh, followed uh, continued luck there, followed on the next ring by an Obero, Bridal Obero there. Uh, so, like I said, things were starting out pretty well. Uh, did go a little while. Uh, but the next five star I got was the Bridal Micaiah and Soth duo hero with a leg yarn chaser when I finished off the ring. And the very next summon, uh, essentially the start of the next ring, I got Nyla. So I managed to get real lucky and finish off this banner in about 100 and change orb. I don't remember exactly how many. It might be a little more. Wasn't keeping exact track, but didn't have to buy any extra orbs this time around. That's always good. That's always good. Uh, my luck was in my favor, and then uh, I will preface this with I did not spend any orbs uh, on on these two summons. So uh, I also got Sigbird off of the new power banner with the free summon. That was quite surprising. I thought, wow, that hasn't, ha- hasn't happened in a while. And then the next new banner that arrived, the Bridal, uh, sorry, the uh, Bridal Beloveds, uh, I got Micaiah, the duo hero, which was sort of the one hero I was kind of interested in as a duo hero. Uh, I always find them interesting, and other than that, like I, I, I mean, we'll get into it in the topic of the week, but I kind of learned a lot, and, and this is the reason I really, really like 
Fire Emblem Heroes. I know a lot of people have fallen off of the game. Well, some, sorry, some people have fallen off of the game. But for me, it's about the characters, about learning about more about these characters. And uh, there's a lot I think I learned from this banner alone, more so than the other bridal banners, I'd, I'd say. But uh, I did get Micaiah on my free summon for the bridal banner. And I thought, hey, that's my luck. Uh, I'm bouncing out of here. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to count my blessings and uh, return. So I am still hoarding orbs. We'll see. We'll see what comes of that. Uh, maybe with the mythic banner coming around the corner, that'll be my focus. Or maybe the new hero banner. Who knows? We'll see how far I get. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that is pretty much my summoning. But Eddie, I had one quick sort of thought before we jumped into the upcoming events, and I'm curious. So I don't know if you realize this, and this could be another one of those Ryan, you discovered something six months too late. And the fact that with Micaiah, I clicked through the portrait and I saw this icon that looked like two chat bubbles, like a messenger bubble. So I clicked it, or sorry, I tapped it. And then the characters proceeded to talk to each other. And I thought, was that a thing? Was that always a thing? I I did not know that was there. Have Um, you experienced that? Not to put you down, but yeah, that was always one of the features of Duo Heroes. I figured uh, it was always there, but now I feel kind of silly. If you ever got the Duo Hector, he has a little chat with Lena and stuff. So, hmm. See, I, I feel a little silly, but that's fine. That's uh... Not trying to make you feel silly. It no. was there. It's and interesting. I don't know if you've gotten any Duo Heroes before this one, so that might have been partially why you didn't realize it. I have gotten them. I went back and kind of looked. I was like, oh, maybe this is new for Micaiah. And I went and found uh, Ephraim and, and Leon that I just got. And I was like, oh, it's there too. And I thought, you know what? This is probably something that's been there a while. And, you know, I I think it could chalk down to either the the announcement was chock full of other information or the announcement was... I guess it would have been the first duo hero was a Halloween banner, so it might have been pretty hectic yep. that uh, that week. But yeah, that yep. was my discovery this week. I was surprised by that. Yeah, they haven't really talked about it since the first since they introduced duo heroes with the Halloween Hector. But yeah, that was something they said is that the characters will have a little conversation when you get them. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's uh, it's certainly. It's certainly some, it's always interesting. I mean, it's a big game. Some might call it bloated, but I would call it big. And uh, it's it's one of those things where sometimes you discover stuff randomly. Uh, uh, so let's move into the upcoming events. Eddie, uh, you ready to rock this bad boy? Uh, yeah. So starting by the end of the month, the 31st, we have the Tempest Trials starting tomorrow at Reset. Uh, with the Heroes with Lulz skill starting the same day, replacing the new Power Banner. The Grand Hero Battle Revival for Astrum starting on the 23rd. We have a voting gauntlet login bonus, possibly banner. It might be a bridal thing, so the uh, bridal revival banners will be the banners for the voting gauntlet. Who knows? Uh, but that's starting on the 25th. Uh, we have the Hall of Form, a new Hall of Forms starting on the 26th. Uh, and they did just launch a um, form a pack again for that, uh, with the bridal belonging banner revival starting on the twenty seventh. Uh, we also have the mythic hero banner and battles starting on the 29th. as well as a bound hero battle revival with almond face starting on the thirtieth. Nice stuff. So it seems like a pretty packed uh, week and a half coming up as we look forward to. Uh, some revivals, Mythic Hero, stuff like that. Uh, before we get into the Bridal Beloved's banner and the Tempest Trials unit, we do have a little bit of a note here. There's an issue with the Suspend feature for Arena Assault. So if you use the Suspend feature in Arena Assault, there are apparently issues where it can affect the point calculations and Tempest Trials or... Forging F- Bonds. Yeah, you did it. Forging Bonds. I was like, what is FB? Facebook? No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, they're working on a fix and will give us orbs for the issue, but they suggest not using the suspend feature for now. So yay, free orbs. It's always good to have free orbs. Boo, there's a bug in, in, in the ketchup. Uh, don't. Yeah, but you know, I mean, think about it. It is a three-year-old game. You add in a new feature and you don't notice till last second because you weren't testing that exact thing that it somehow fiddled with something else. You know, happens in games like World of Warcraft and other MMOs as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they 
tweak one thing and suddenly a monster at level two is hitting for level 120 damage, you know? So just yeah. weird little things that you wouldn't expect to affect other things that randomly do. You know, yeah. realize it to the last second. Yep, it happens. Uh, so, yep, stay away from that feature, enjoy the free orbs, and we'll get a note when it's been fixed. But the real reason we're all here is bridal season. Eddie, kick us off. Yes. Uh, we have the new Bridal Beloveds banner in Tempest Trial. Uh, surprising nobody, the special heroes this month is the Bridal banner. Uh, though it is a bit of a surprise based on previous years is that the men have come out in force. Well, equal numbers at least if you count the duo hero as one of each gender uh with a fates intellius mixed banner uh the first hero we have is that duo hero micaiah dawn wins duo Soth continues to show his unending devotion to micaiah joining her for the festival as part of this duo hero they're a colorless flying tome unit making this our second colorless tome in the game uh, their tome is the Joyful Vows, which is effective against both armored and cavalry foes, as well as granting them attack plus three. It also grants attack and resistance plus six during combat if bonus is active on them. Uh, I don't know if the, you need bonus on them for the second part, but um, if they initiate combat, uh, foe is not permitted to make a follow-up attack. It prevents the foe from... Uh, making a follow-up attack. Uh, you might need bonus on them for that or not. I don't know for sure. It wasn't 100% clear if bonus was still needed there. Uh, as for what bonus is, it's a new keyword. That means the unit is under the effect of any effect that lasts for that turn or one turn only, including skills such as rally and hone, as well as positive effect, like extra movement or dominance. And once again, this brings up another question of what is dominance, I'm sure you're asking. Uh, well, that's part of their new duo skill. Uh, the duo skill uh, gives them gives allies the dominance effect and inflicts dagger 7 debuff. Essentially, foes get defense and resistance minus 7 uh, to all units within three columns centered on the duo unit. Uh, you either get dominance or the debuff, depending on if you're an ally or a foe. Dominance is a Keyword that essential or an effect that where the unit will deal additional damage to the foe equal to the total of all penalties on them for one turn. Uh, so automatically, with that special skill, uh, that duo skill, you're getting an extra 14 damage on enemies there, which is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, they do not have any other new skills, but they do have the tier four version of attack resistance push as well as Sacrifice, Mystic Boost, and Attack Resistance Oath. So. Hmm. Got a lot of new keywords with them, but they're, they're pretty uh, strong in there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I, I got her for, oh, I got the duo for free. Here's the thing. I didn't, uh, and this is going back to what I was saying earlier, and that I, I really love what I'm learning about these games that I did have an opportunity to play, but but never did. And I, I didn't realize Micaiah and Soth were close. Uh, like, is, is Soth oh. her sort of, like, page or something? I'd have to go back and reread the exact details of it, but it's like Soth is, I don't know if he's in love with her, but he has an undying devotion to her. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he wants to protect her. I think he has love, and I think Micaiah, it's kind of, might be unrequited. Um, I think I heard the discussion so maybe it's not quite as unrequited as you know it initially seems according to the discussion but you know makai is far more determined to you know do her duty first type thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay i think when soth first appeared i remember reading that he had kind of an unrequited love for Micaiah, at least in the games yeah well, it works. I mean, I I think it was actually their duo chat where they talked to each other, and I thought, okay, clearly they're this is this is them uh, coming together for the festival. They're not actually getting married, unlike uh, two other heroes that that are uh, canon partners in in their games. Um, but it it seemed pretty likely that if they did have the opportunity, they would do so in the near future, right? So, 
it's uh it's interesting i like that they that they're playing around with that as opposed to just pairing up two random people and being like shit yeah i mean you know even the two that are kind of partners it kind of feels what i was reading it kind of feels like it's sort of one way Mm -hmm. sort of not so um yeah. we might not we might not be talking about the same people but i don't know no we'll find I, I read up i read up on the two other characters i know nothing about and i mean the other two are in a game where they don't get to choose who they marry so they you know it's random chosen by the person playing the game so and i don't think they're ones i would have shipped i think i generally shipped uh different people with them so but. Right. I, I. Yeah. No. Okay. So well, let, let's get into it because I think uh, I think this next hero is what we're, what you were referring to mm-hmm. is uh, Nyla, the Blessed Queen. Nyla is known as the Wolf Queen, and as you can imagine, she usually has a much more wild appearance. Wearing her bridal attire, however, she looks truly elegant. As a green beast infantry unit, Nyla attacks. Nyla's attack is called Bride's Fang. Accelerates special trigger with a cooldown count minus one. Start of combat, a foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75%, inflicts attack slash speed slash defense minus 5 on foe during combat, and if special triggers before or during combat and unit is attacked, grants special cooldown count minus 1 after combat. She has a new skill in the B slot called Chill Speed slash Defense 2. At start of turn, inflicts speed slash defense minus 5 on foe on the enemy team with the highest speed plus defense total through its next action. Rounding out her kit is Moonbow as a special, Swift Sparrow 3 in the A slot, and Glare in the C slot. I think Glare works really well for this character because she I feel like she could glare at people. Yeah. Although that could that be might poking be something fun, that the original mind. Nyla had. Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. So this is the character. So I'll just say, like, if I were to jump back into the banner, this one might be one I'm I'm interested in that she looks really cool like she doesn't look yeah. like just a character put in a, in a in a in a bride's dress she just she looks like she's doing her own thing with it uh whereas mm-hmm. all the other banners have been like okay that's just a hero that feels very much like a hero in in a in a wedding dress right whereas this feels more yeah. unique i would say and so this this is the character that i again i learned a lot about and i got the sense that her and Raphael were were married that's the thing i couldn't find confirmation of um it's it was clear that Raphael had fallen in love with her and she has strong deal affections and considers him a partner but i could not find any confirmation that she actually fell in love and married him you know yeah it, it felt that she was as close to marrying him as could be but had not actually married him is what my research found i I do get the sense from what's written here on the fire emblem heroes guide is that yeah Raphael fell in love with nyla after she saved his life she considers him a partner um in that yeah so i i i it's not a long stretch to say that they are you know if not properly married close to it but not fully yeah. You know, as from her end, it almost felt like. I can see that. I mean, she her art, like I said, her her art. <laughs> is that Darth Vader? Yes, I okay. have a Darth Vader clapper, and it sometimes will randomly activate when my chair shifts or something. What is it? It's a it's a clapper, clap on, clap off thing. Uh... So I tried to clap quietly, and then the thing slipped off when he was saying his little face to shut off the light that they get turned on. <laughs> uh, so. That's great. Well, we're going to be sued by LucasArts if they uh, listen to this podcast, maybe. I don't know. No, Disney, I guess. Whoops. Uh, we're screwed. Uh, it's interesting when Nyla attacks, she's throwing her bouquet. I thought that was really cool. Uh, again, like her art is fantastic and, and kind of kind of makes me want to jump back in to see if i can get her but uh is I she actually throwing her bouquet i thought she just transforms and attacks i i guess if she attacks not transform she would throw the bouquet i'm looking at the art I, i'm not looking at her sprite but yes you're right her sprite she would probably transform does the wolf 
or and or cat she's a cat right does she hold does she wear does the cat wear a wedding dress i know the cat has like the the eye cover but uh so you're gonna, you're gonna look trying not to make you look like a fool but what it what is she known as oh god she's the uh no wait for it what's a i said it too wolf queen okay never mind she's a wolf <laughs> it's uh yeah no it's right and all the others that are cat she's a wolf you know what but <laughs> i need to play those games and we need to figure out a way to do it nintendo if you're listening the only way i'm going to stop butchering these characters is if you make it easy to play the gamecube and wii version of fire emblem so this isn't my fault if anything this is nintendo's fault so yep yeah i'm up for blaming nintendo yeah let's move forward i really want them to give me a way to play those games legally yes that would be great let's not stick around in in this in this hole let's uh yes let's move on to obero the fierce bride to be returning from her recent guest appearance in forest's uh forging bonds event obero is one of two takumi's retainers from fates and gets an alt on this banner as a red sword infantry unit she wields the pledged blade plus which grants attack defense plus four and a cooldown boost of one per foe's attack during combat if the bonus keyword is active on her. She also has a new skill of odd pulse tie, which on odd numbered turns, if a uh, it slows a foe's special by two, if their HP is one less than or equal to Obo, Obero's HP or the unit who has the skill's HP and their special is ready, Uh, The skill does only work on one foe, whoever has the lowest HP of the foes who meet those conditions. Uh, Complicated one, but, you know, it'll it'll help defeat slowdown specials on the most damaged foes, essentially. Uh, The cooldown count cannot go higher than the max value of the special, of course. Um, She does also come with Rally Attack Resistance Plus and Attack Defense Form. nice yeah she uh she like she's got a really interesting um get up in terms of her giant hood i love that that's really cool yeah don't know anything about it but i'm sure it's traditional and it uh has some sort of japanese inspiration I, i still think it's really rad um now so Hinata is another one of Takumi's retainers. We're going to talk about him in a mm-hmm. little bit. So are they? Are they? Uh, are they? Are they kind of like? I guess they're they're close, right? In that they work closely. Uh, work close, they work Takumi. together. I mean, they are, I believe, options for you to marry off. But like I said, Fates is a game where you can marry off whoever you want to whoever you want. You know, so. It's not a canon pairing unless they've decided to make canon pairings out of the game. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and in Hanada's descriptions, it suggests that this is just for the festival and not them actually getting married, or at least Hanada's not getting married. <laughs> Whether Obero's getting married to someone. Hanada yeah. seems very reluctant to be around, from my experience uh, playing through playing through this this content. Um, I yeah. haven't gotten to the Tempest Trial, or got, I forgot to play through the paralogue, so. Yeah, there yeah. is the paralogue there, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, it, she she looks interesting. Uh, her art's really cool. If you're a Fates mm-hmm. fan, this is probably exciting, but, I mean, also, if you're a Fates fan, you're probably thinking, uh, is there other characters that I would have liked to see, maybe, possibly? Um, and, yep, and she's another one of those voice actors that, you know, technically she's married to Krom and Ryoma, so in real life at least. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, because she's voice acted by who is that again? Marisha Ray, who is married to Matt Mercer. There you go. Not too shabby. Who voices Krom and Taco- uh Ryoma, so. That's and I think she also, I think Marisha also voices Makoto, so that's also a little weird too. So. It is. It is, but I mean, just. Uh just characters so hopefully hopefully they don't get too uh yeah. too mixed up me and my weird attention to certain voice actors no I, I you know it's i'm not i'm not poking fun because i w- have definitely been that person who's who's like oh i like that voice actor and this was i think this was before voice actors where 
uh, more highly regarded. Like they're they are like voice actors have really people have started to uh, acknowledge their um, their uh, their work, and I really like that. Yeah, but I remember yes and no. Um, luckily, it does seem that they are getting more acknowledgement more often. But I think it's also partially the stuff I watch and listen to and play also seems to pay a lot of attention to voice actors. Yet there are some people who will have no idea who a voice actor is a lot of times. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's true. I mean, there are certainly people who don't know every voice actor, but I remember, I mean, at this point, probably a decade ago, where it's like, I would say aloud, like, I really like that voice actor. And people would be looking at me like, you're so why that doesn't matter. Like you're such a, not, not really like disparaging, just kind of like who, like what, why like that's not, I'll admit, I don't know every voice actor, but, like, I've been playing through Days Gone, who has the voice actor for Darth Maul in there, going back to Star Wars. Right. And, then, and so, wait, Sam Sam Whitaker, is it? Sam Whitwer. Whitwer, yeah. He, he uh Darth Maul in the cartoons. Isn't he, And he also played another uh, Star Wars character, Force Unleashed. Yes, he was, yep, the main character of the Force Unleashed games. Nice. Well... And then, like, one of the YouTubers I watch... It got the voice of Aerith in the Final Fantasy VII, so I pay a lot of attention to voice actors just because they tend to fall into my circle. Yeah, no, voice actors are great. We love voice actors, and I think it's the more people know about who's voicing what, I think it's important. I watched a, uh, speaking of voice actors, I watched a great video. I think it was a, a Verge or a Vox video, and it was the process of dubbing Pokemon, and it was the voice of Ash Ketchum, who also voices Ash's mom, and mm-hmm. it was fascinating to watch. It was really cool. And it really showed off the, the hard work that goes into not only voice acting, but dubbing as well. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, dubbing doesn't come into effect in Fire Emblem Heroes, but it certainly there is localization involved. So, And bringing it back to Fire Emblem Heroes, mm-hmm. I noticed Marisha and Matt because I watched, listened to Critical Hit, which they're part of. So, Oh, okay. No, we've talked about this before, and I do remember that yeah. for sure. Uh, well, let's let's bring it back even further, and let's talk about uh, Rafa. Is it Raphael? I want to say Raphael because that's like he's a he's a he's an angry dude, but this guy's not angry, right? Uh, he doesn't seem that angry. Um, I don't know if it's Raphael or Raphael. Raphael. Once again, it's a game that I did not get to because I don't think he appears in Path of Radiance, which I did play some of, but he does appear in Radiant Dawn, hmm. and. Also, I'm not sure that was voice acted enough to give him a name yeah, or give him a correct pronunciation. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll call him Raphael, and we'll just say Raphael, the first prince of the fallen kingdom of Serenes, is making uh, an appearance in his groom's outfit. Partner to Nyla, Raphael swoops in to Fey as a blue beast infantry, with his attack being groom's wing, grants resistance plus three, and at the start of turn one, Grants special cooldown count minus one to unit's support partner, if any. No other new skills, but his kit is completed by dances and assists. Firestorm dance two in the B slot and ward beasts in the C slot. Uh, to confirm, Eddie, is that... So at start of turn one, Grants special cooldown count minus one to unit's support partner. So that's just something we have to set up ourselves and and we would set that up. Yes, with... um, this is a type of skill that's kind of popped up a couple times now. There are certain characters that if you uh, use character support and bring them in with their character support, they'll get a boost. Okay. Um, I, I'm i still bad about remembering to set up character supports and form teams based around those. So Yeah, I've not done I that. often make those skills often fall dead to me or weapons or skills or whatever. So, yeah. but I mean, kind of fits considering... He definitely does, you know, from what I've read and felt, he do, does seem very devoted to Nyla. So him being someone who would really help out his partner fits, it feels like. Yeah, he's a Once again, I know guy. very little other than what I read. So I didn't well, yeah. even know he existed until <laughs> until this <laughs> banner. So um, Same I was like, here. I think I might have heard him mentioned at some point. but I thought he was dead, to be honest. And I guess he is dead because maybe... Arl, like sorry he's dead in the in the aspect of maybe he was thought to be dead and that he was with the wolf queen um, i don't know when i was reading up on him he was like kidnapped a year before the serenus massacre so 
for the Serene's massacre. Right. So he was kidnapped and brought in, uh, taken to Benyon's capital before the massacre happened. So he was never thought to be dead. He escaped from his captivity when the massacre happened and his flying wasn't fully fixed or whatever. He had been injured, so his flying wasn't proper. So he ended up landing in the desert that Nyla lives in, and that's how he met Nyla, mm-hmm. how she saved his life. Yeah. What I had been reading up, so. For sure. Faux show. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, I don't, I mean, there's a reason he's the four-star unit, right? That's pretty clear. Uh, I mean, just about any character could be turned into a four-star unit to just shift off the skills and stuff. But yes, skill-wise, he definitely is the four-star unit. He may be well-loved or not. I've never heard of him before, but once again, haven't really played the Tellius games. Um, all the herons, from what I was reading, are uh, dancers only, pretty much, similar to Tethys in Sacred Stones. You know, can't attack at all in the games. So, hmm. yeah, I, I could see them being... <laughs> getting these slightly lower stat things or whatever. So. And maybe the other hands can heal like Leanne can, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not. And I don't know if she could actually heal in the game, in Tellius games or just dance, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the final hero here with Hanada and we'll jump into some game club. Yep. Lastly, we have the Tempest Trial Unit, Hinata, Samurai Groom. Hinata is Takumi's other retainer and shows up with his first salt and heroes to play the part of the bridegroom for the festival as a green axe infantry unit. He wields the huge fan plus at five stars, which grants him attack defense plus four, and a cooldown boost of plus one per foe's attack during combat if bonus is active on him. Uh, he needs bonus for both those uh, features, I believe. Uh, being a Tempest Trial unit, he does not have any new skills, but does have Reciprocal Aid and Defense Bond at, or Attack Defense Bond 3 at 4 stars, and Close Guard 3 locked to 5 stars. Hmm. So he, uh, This is the first thing I'll say about his art, is he clearly does not want to be here. He is very hmm. upset about what he's wearing. Yeah. Um, I also love the... I mean, his, his little quote suggests that he's like, it's not his what he's used to, but he'll he'll try anything. Yeah, um, I love his I love his pants. They kind of look like they kind of <laughs> they're so cute. I don't know how would you run in yeah. those? All right. The the art the sprite doesn't look as bad as the art, but you look at the art and that thing is baggy, and I can see why he would not be thrilled with wheel with wearing it. It looks like he's wearing like a duvet cover around himself. I don't know. It's a uh... I, I was more going to say he took the fabric from a tent and just used the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we could very well, and I'll apologize in advance, we could very well be making fun of a traditional garb. But, like, seriously, it, it, yeah. it just, I, I love it. If I had an opportunity to dress in this, I would dress in that, I think. I think I would. Yeah, you, you aren't you aren't fighting like a samurai either, though. So no, I'm not. I'm not going to battle in it. No, no, no. And I'm not going to wield a giant fan in battle. I'll I'll certainly yeah. carry a giant fan, but so. it looks it, again. It looks really cool. Uh, this is the Tempest Trials unit, so we're all going to get Hinata. So I'm I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I think yeah. overall uh, for this bridal banner, I I got to say that. Uh, I love that they've kind of expanded upon just the the dresses and and and, and uh, tuxedos. I think they've really they really kicked it up a notch this year with some more unique sort of looks and feels, while still obviously staying within the bridal feel. And again, it feels very weird for us to be sitting here talking about characters dressed up for a wedding, but um, this is this is this is this game, right? So, um, but I'm just really impressed right. with it. I'm impressed by the outfits. Um, I'd argue that, uh, maybe not argue, but I'd point out that, you know, the traditional Western bridal gowns is what they've kind of sort of stuck with to some degree. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, I'm not sure they've necessarily changed it because one in real life, bridal guns can be any design and cut that you really want. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, um, and two like Obero and Hanada's. I don't know for sure about the room one or feel like more traditional Japanese outfits as opposed to Western outfits. Because yeah. the weird way that these Fire Emblem games, which are, half of which are Japanese only, all have a strong Western flair to them. Yeah. Except for Fates, which is the one that brought in a bit of a samurai, more samurai flair to things. Yeah, I guess I just feel like Nyla's, I guess you're right, like the the more Western approaches with Nyla's dress and, and I think uh, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's a unique it's, take on it. Oh yeah, it's definitely nice to see them allowing the character design to influence the dress design more. Which I think they've done to a degree, but they've still stuck more with the traditional flowing, wide, hooped, Western-style dresses just they allowed nyla to customize it essentially nyla's designs to customize it some more which is nice to see mm-hmm. wasn't saying you were wrong on that i'm just saying you know like obro and hinata they're different but they think they're more traditional japanese outfits but yeah, yeah. nyla is definitely a dress of you know her customizing it type thing for sure so but before we hop over to uh, Sacred Stones, quick hop into the wish list to look a year ahead like last time. Are there any characters you would like to see to get the brighter rune treatment? Uh, it can be either just something you would like to see, like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Lissa in a bridal outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a drum I'm probably going to beat until the day the game goes offline. Yeah. Uh, or are there any canon pairings you can think of that you'd love to see? bridegroom treatment uh you know i don't know um you know i was i was browsing the subreddit and i think uh an, an edit for may came up it would be really good to see may and uh may and bowie i think that would be really neat that would be a i think a canon mm-hmm. pairing um honestly just more representation from echoes uh shadows of Valencia would be really cool i know we did get a full um was it love abounds this year was all shadows of valencia am i remembering that correctly i believe so um yeah. it was a good chunk of it uh, was yeah it was, it was... almond celica Faye is the unrequited bright uh you know unrequited lover uh rudolph and conrad mm-hmm. so there... maybe that's not Other gonna happen one? anytime soon uh, but... there was another there was a silk who was just there for whatever reason yeah always so... a bridesmaid never uh never a bride that one uh, also I'm not Silk even is that worried about it. I don't think she had anyone that she really got that close to in the game. I think she's a nun. So she's kind of like, maybe she's married to Mila? nun type thing. But I don't know if, you know, their religion necessarily follows that type of, you know, you can't marry if you're a nun type I don't know. thing. So, but I think, uh, hard, hard to say. That's that's <laughs> one I would throw out there is, is May and Bowie. I think those characters don't have alts yet and they, they, they could use one yeah may and bowie would be a nice one um for me uh of course there's always i would love to see lissa in a dress in a bridal dress but you know that's just me um the other one i was thinking of maybe would be anna and jake okay another anna alt and jake was the one you met in uh shadow dragon who is a recurring boyfriend husband to anna throughout the series i believe so Mm-hmm. That would work quite well. I think both uh, mm-hmm. both options are really good. Uh, that's a that's always a fun thing to sort of go over when we're talking about new heroes. But uh, yeah, so if you have any suggestions, certainly let us know in Discord or hit us up on email, and you will go over those links in just a bit. But before we close out, we're gonna head into Game Club, the Out Realm Gate, because we're gonna talk about sacred stones and you may ask yourself you may ask yourself um what that sorry i had a i had a transition there and then i lost it because i started to 
think of that song. Um, anyways, you might ask yourself, why are we doing two chapters? Well, we're doing two chapters this week because we are technically doing one episode. I don't know if weeks. we told them we were doing chap- two chapters yet, but that works too. <laughs> we usually do two chapters, right? Because we have the Ephraim and Erica side of things. So we talk about two different chapters, but we're coming together. We're hitting the conclusion of the game. So uh, we are no longer separated as we talked about last week. And we are coming to, uh, we're meeting up. We're going to talk about the same chapters. So to keep sort of the content level, we're going to talk about uh, chapter 15 and 16. And that long-winded explanation that was not required uh, basically brings us to this moment where I uh, I read this description here for chapter 15. Ephraim's sister is in danger. Dun-dun-dun. Grado's general, Kalak, has attacked Jenea Hall, forcing its surrender. Though Erica and her troop have left the hall, Grado's forces pursue them relentlessly. Trapped in the burning desert, enemy forces close in on them from all sides. With no time to wait for Frelia's troops, Ephraim leaves for Janea immediately. Two Grado generals to overcome, with Calic to the northwest and Valter in the southeast, reinforcements pour in from the edges of the map to the north with a surprise reinforcement in the southwest later on in the map. I should have uh, capitalized surprise there. Taking out both generals sees, Ephraim's, uh, sees Ephraim and Erica reunited and sharing their stories they experienced over the past three chapters. Together they hatch a plan to take on their friend Leon, Leon, Leon and the Darkstone. So that was chapter 15, and as you said, Eddie, minor differences, right? Uh, yep. Uh, for um, Erica's side, like I said at the end of last chapter, they got uh, chased out of Johanna Hall by it being on fire. So you start in the center by the hall and um, with the two generals on the two sides where Ephraim and Dussel and Noel appear at the end of turn two. And then you fight through or fight out. But, yeah, you get reinforced a couple of flyers popping up near the north ends of the map. And then a few chapters later in, you get the big troop of reinforcements in the south end. Um, I think there might also be differences in the actual makeup and skills on some of the troops. Because um, I think you'll go over it when you get to discussing how yours worked. Is that mm-hmm. there were certain things in yours that I did not see still. Okay. Um... Yeah, there. I think this is normal now uh, that all that at least one unit is going to have a berserk staff. So there was a there was a character with the berserk staff again, uh, but I managed to sort of tackle that one. Uh, I did not have a re- repeat experience, but where I struggled on this map was uh, the, all the reinforcements. So you have a giant desert sort of smack dab, uh, like right in the middle of the map and kind of takes over like the top three quarters of the map. And I had left some heroes, slower heroes at the bottom of the map thinking, I don't want to truck them across the desert to kill Kalak and then bring them all the way back down to kill, kill Volter. So I left them there. And then all of a sudden, like six high powered units just show up in the bottom (laughs) Southwest corner. And I'm like, well, shit, I tried to survive the attack, but I think, uh, I think he took out Amelia and it was just like, of the six, they all went for Amelia, and of course, eventually she went down. There was a couple, couple mages wow. in that crew. She did. She I'm held not her sure own. My Amelia would have gone down against that. Hmm. You don't think your Amelia would have gone? I don't. I don't think so. She's pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I guess unless they were a bunch, of, unless they were all mages, I don't think she would have gone down because most guys can do one to two damage on her unless they have an armor crusher type thing. There was there. Or I don't think mage. there was an armor crusher, but there was two mages. But my. My Amelia, she's I I did promote her in chapter sixteen, but um, she was at this stage probably like maybe level sixteen, fifteen, uh, general general no, knight. Yeah, she's a fifteen knight. So, I mean, maybe it wasn't her, maybe it was Nimi. Anyways, uh, I did lose a character, so I had to restart. But um, yeah, Nimi, I could see going down pretty easily, mm-hmm. especially if they bum rushed her. I mean, if she was still a knight for you and not a general for a couple chapters, I. You know, if she hadn't been promoted to a knight then or to a general yet, I could see maybe her going down. But yeah, once I got her to like ten or eleven, maybe twelve, and then promoted her to general, and she's pretty tough. And I think I did give her a dragon shield at one point to help boost her defense as a knight. Mm-hmm. 
So. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, um, I did have uh, Erica, Innes, and Sele uh, join uh, me this chapter. So they joined right away. They're at the northern part of the map, and you kind of have to manage them as they're across the desert from your characters. So I kind of had two flyers sort of join them, join them, and, and help out clear some of the units up there. Uh, and I also I missed this last week or last episode, but I had Noel jump in at the end of the last chapter, and he's a dark mage. So I uh, don't think he's going to get much use, but uh, he's there. Oh, yeah, if I have any character that's going to get used as a dark mage, it's going to be, um, what's his name? Ewan. Oh, yeah. he had the extra 10 levels. I promoted him to shaman over mage once he got past his first 10 levels. So. Oh, you, uh, you, I see I left Ewan in the dust because <laughs> I picked up <laughs> Yeah, Marissa. when I was going through le- finally getting into the tower and leveling up Amelia and Ross, who have both turned out to be real powerhouses for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I ended up leveling him up to level 10 as a pupil. And so Amelia's a nice, fast, quick um, general who doubles most people, which is abnormal for an armored unit. Ross just sits there and laughs at them when they attack him because I think he has as much, if not more, defense than Amelia or close to it as a warrior, I think. So yeah cool now i i think uh you're right ross and uh ross and amelia are certainly powerhouses and they're worth the investment for sure uh anything else for chapter 15 before we move into the next one um well like i said we started in different areas so i didn't have that um group bum rush my weaker units Uh, i like i said i started up in the center of the map so i kind of split into three groups sent like Marissa, Seth, and Mulder to work south towards that group there. Uh, Ross and Amelia, northwest, and everyone else towards Kallik. Uh You know, I did also look, this map had hidden items throughout it. It was based on a luck percentage. So I was had such control of the map that I was just, you know, killing time before I took out Kallik and after taking everyone else before I took out Kallik and Valter, uh, clearing out the getting all the bonus items. Um, Kalik was a challenge for me. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it turned out when I got up there, he had such high defenses and stats that the only one who could do decent damage to him was Sally. Um, he was one of the ones you got for new, new here. And um, so he would, like, do eight or nine damage to him, or maybe it was, like, ten or eleven damage. And then Kalik would hit him for 23, so I set up a chain since Kalik wouldn't move. Larachelle would heal him. Tethys would dance on Larachelle so she could get an extra heal on the turn after the defense turn and whittled him down. <laughs> Walter, however, was no problem because um, uh, one of the warriors in the north on my map had a dragon axe, um, and he swapped weapons from the dragon axe to the hand axe. So yeah. when I killed him, I got his dragon axe instead of the hand axe that he was was originally in the slot to give it to me. Because I noticed a while ago that the game gives you the item based on the slot, not the actual item. The reward or the giveaway thing is based on the slot, not the item. So Ross walked up and told Walter, laughed in Walter's face as he one-shot him. Yeah. No, it is funny that I uh, I noticed that as well because I was like, oh, I expect to get this, you know, uh, this weapon, and then some, I get something else, and I'm like, what the? It's not base. It's not the item. Like I said, it's the slot, which was, I think, one of the strategies when I was reading this chap for this chapter was, uh, hey, bait this guy into using his hand axe so he gives you a free dragon axe, and then basically, you know, squash Valter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I found that in um, the tower. There's a guy on some of the first level maps that has a rune sword in the swap in the giveaway slot at the start of the map right uh but if he comes and attacks you with the rune sword first you'll get an iron lance instead so yeah not really the best uh the best that's not the best swap out you want to make sure you can get up there and kill him before he swaps weapons yeah for sure. Well, it, it's one of those chapters that was uh, you dealt with a couple bosses, and they are done with, as far as we know. And uh, we are quickly making our way to the next chapter as we 
see uh, Renee in the distance, and we go we go that way. So what's chapter sixteen yeah. like? Yeah, at the end of the chapter, we discuss um, returning to Renee. So at the for chapter sixteen, the United Erica and Ephraim return to Renee, where Orson has been ruling poorly after betraying his homeland. He has been showing himself in the castle and ignoring the country. Uh, the chapter own, opens with him locked in his chamber, talking to someone named Monica. When Reeve and Leon, Leon, yeah, Leon show up to tell him that Eric and Ephraim are returning to prevent him from being with his wife, who Ephraim mentioned has been dead for six months. Uh, but before he leaves, he chuckles over uh, Orson believing the thing in his room to be his wife. Uh, the map is fairly straightforward castle map with a split path after you get in the entrance. A uh, few turns in, a bunch of reinforcements showed up in the southwest of the map uh, with a thief over by the west entrance heading for one of the chests on the map. A uh, few turns after that, uh, I don't remember the exact turn number, another thief shows up in the east near the other three chests on the map. Uh, after winning, you find the creature that Ephraim tells you is the same twisted magic that was controlling Emperor Vigard before uh, putting it back to what putting it back to rest. So essentially, they you had a zombie wife, I guess, for Orson. Mm-hmm. Uh, while planning to return and rule eventually, though doubting the people accept him, Eric and Ephraim are brought to the edge of the castle to see the people cheering for them, hoping uh, for a better day now that Orson has been taken care of. Uh, and it's not a hard task to do better than what Orson was doing. Yeah, basically doting uh, after his zombie wife. Yep. Afterwards, they return to the throne room where Seth tells them how to unlock the hiding place of the Sacred Stone of Renee. Upon doing so, their bracelets glow, allowing them to promote to Great Lord, and you get a chance to do so right away. Uh, I didn't test this because I had um, done some tower training to get Nimi up uh, and also got Eric and Ephraim up to level 20. Uh, but from what I understand, if you choose not to re- promote them right then, you receive their bracelet as an item, which you can promote them whenever you want. Uh, you also receive the sacred twin relics of Renee, Sigmund, and Siglind, where Erica vows to see things through and save the world. Uh, upon heading back up, the plan is set to head to Rouston to get the sacred stone from there as well. Uh, with Larshell being just as attentive to everything uh, that's to be read as oblivious as ever. Uh, also, at the start of the chapter, I forgot to mention that um, Murr tells us she intends to fight with us now that she has her Dragonstone back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not bring Murr into the map, but I think she was selectable to join you in the map. She was. So. I did bring her in, and uh, she is a powerhouse. So, like other dragons. Okay. Uh, you bring her in, and yes, she has like 15, 16 health, but as soon as she's attacked or does attack, she transforms into her dragon, making her pretty much impervious outside of maybe uh, a, a dra- effective against dragon weapon. And mm. um, I found that obviously the, the idea basically is that she's got a dragon stone. There's only one dragon stone in the game, and so she's got like 50 attacks until she's useless unless you have one of the staffs that rejuvenates weapons, which I did not get. I missed that in my playthrough. I, I have that staff. I have two more uses on it. On it, So, yeah. So you could effectively use that to keep Murr in the game as much as you want, or because it's a 50 charge weapon, I think. Or th- yep. Yeah, it's quite a lot. So she's, she's a powerhouse. I, I don't really have a need to use her. I just brought her in to kind of see what it was like. Um, yeah, I forgot to use her, and I had my main team mostly chosen so mm-hmm. and most of them are already promoted and ready so you know it was kind of like i kind of am juggling space to fit renak into the thing because there are chests here yeah yeah i brought so. along i brought along renak uh to kind of take care of the chests and uh it was fairly the, like you said the map was fairly straightforward i did split my army in two uh, that didn't that didn't harm me because I did start the the map on the south uh, west corner, and uh, I started the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was uh, it was mostly easy. There was uh, again uh, there was a berserk staff that t- caught me off guard, but quickly took that user out as she missed. I think most of my units that I was sending up to her had a high enough resistance, 
And okay, yeah, I didn't have a Berserk Staff. I had some Druids, but no Berserk Staff. I'm getting the sense so. that that's how our maps are going to differ, differ, is that I'm always going to have a yeah, Berserk Staff to deal with, so fun You times. might also get some special reinforcements or something, I think, I've mm. seen somewhere, but there yeah, were for the most reinforcements. part, the maps are going to be the same. Uh, there were reinforcements for you as well, but I think I've seen some maps will have extra reinforcements if you're on Ephraim's route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some reinforcements. There was, um, I think the other difference is there's, there was more magic users. Uh, okay. Like a lot of, like there are a lot of magic users. There's a couple of, I think, sages that show up with long range magic. And then there's oh, the yeah, druids those, with those long range there magic. Those were there causing issue. I didn't have any druids with long range magic. I had um, like uh, down in the, like the center area where you first go to, a little south of that, there was like a, stack of five guys a druid with four sh- shamans surrounding him uh the two mages or sages in the um throne room with a long range magic another mm-hmm. druid next to one of the other chests mm-hmm. or a little north of the chest i think had a chest key so yeah uh, maybe but... it it was it, you know it was a good map it was interesting i i didn't mind it and i i didn't have any issues i just kind of pushed through it and um was able to promote amelia to uh to general and kind of just keep plugging away i i was trying to get erica to level 20 uh in order to promote in order to do the automatic promotion at the end of the chapter uh but she didn't quite make it so i held off on that i i mashed b uh on the evolution screen in order for that not to happen and uh i was given an item you're just twisting things okay (laughs) what <laughs> you're just messing around with things okay i'm yeah. like wait no it gave you it asked you a question if you want to promote them or not <laughs> so it's it, there's no right. mashing b on this yes yes <laughs> threw me off for a second what you were doing there uh it, uh it, it's one of those things i do just uh just throwing yeah. curveballs to my fellow co-hosts to uh forever yeah. capture their foibles on uh podcast yeah. form uh yeah for me um i sent them into the first t- first level of the uh, tower, and I eventually realized that both Erica and Ephraim were strong enough that the enemies were just like tickling, not even tickling them. So, after getting Nimi up to level 20, I um, just dropped it down to like promoted Nimi, Erica, and Ephraim until Erica got to level 20, and pretty much ran Ep- Erica up there, let everyone come after. <sighs> And then I sent Ephraim in alone, and he just smacked away everyone. Because <laughs> the first floor of the tower wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And the final boss of the fl- floor always gives a full level. So. It's not bad. Yep. So all in all, it was a pretty productive uh, week for us in, in Sacred, uh, Sacred Stones now. Before we close out, we didn't talk about this pre-show, but do we want to do two chapters or do we want to go back to one? Um, I'd say let's do one and try and chat during the week and see how long it was. Mm-hmm. If yeah, we feel we've... it was too long to do a second chapter, then yeah. just do the one. Like we have, uh, so essentially, uh, not to plan this all on the show, but uh, we have five chapters left. We have been going weekly, so that's one thing we've been doing a lot quicker with Sacred Stones. Um, and we are getting to the point where if we double up, we're going to be wrapping this up soon, which we will, I will say, we'll probably take a little bit of break from Game Club to kind of figure out what we want to do next. But uh, all in all, I really enjoyed my time going back to Sacred Stones, and I've gotten used to the fact that we are playing a game boy advance game but uh not to say i want to still play in that playground for another six months but um yeah we'll uh we'll play 17 for sure and we'll see how that goes and if like this week we're like hey i could go one more we'll do one more and we'll see what comes of it we will certainly keep everyone updated uh, as we head into the next chapter of game club but, uh, Eddie, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Summoner's Call. Thank you so much for being flexible with the schedule so we could find as much content to talk about as possible. I think it really worked out with the Bridal Banner. Really good banner. If you're uh, yep. if you're looking for some unique heroes, look and feel, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That is the best place to chat Fire Emblem with Eddie and I. 
You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to sh- <laughs> this is a new one. Be sure to check out SerenesForest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. <laughs>